hello leaders we are live and thank you so much for joining us for our summer sizzle the second um episode of our summer sizzle positioning to pivot and i'm so happy that i get an opportunity to connect with you about this particular topic but before we do that i want to take an opportunity that i didn't do this the last time because i forgot but I want to take this opportunity just to give a brief introduction of myself and what drives me to do this work. And so I'm Kim Harris. My tag on Instagram is uh, Leaders of Leaders FL. And I consider myself to be a leader of leaders. I'm a people builder and I am simply obsessed with the ability to be able to pour into people, strengthen their leadership skills and help them and position them to meet the challenges of today. And so I'm so grateful to be able to see those of you who are joining in. Thank you so much for your love and support and just for taking a few moments out of your day to uh, engage with us on this topic, positioning to pivot. And we are waiting for our guest, Dr. JP, to join in with us. And so we, while we're doing that, we just really want to take an opportunity to share our podcast and how you can access our podcast. And it's called In the Lead with Kim Harris. And wherever you get your podcast, go ahead and jump over there. All of our to be uploaded to our podcast platform. So if you don't get a chance to see it then, you'll see it whenever you get the opportunity. And right now, guess who we have? Dr. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing today? I am doing well. You know, I took a few days for rest and relaxation down here in Miami and South Beach. And so it has been really, really cool to be a beach bum and to be a poolside kind of relaxation guy for a couple of days. So I'm really, 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 really well. And um, I'm excited to be here with you in this amazing summer sizzle. Uh, I am so proud as I, you know, I let me dope real quick. I am so proud of everything. I feel like a, I feel like I'm old saying this, but I'm so proud of everything that you are doing and have done to continue to raise leaders um, and build uh, and develop character in those who will serve as influencers uh, to other people. And I think that uh, this is absolutely amazing. Oftentimes, people look at the summertime as a time to be off and take vacation. But, you know, I think that this is a great time for people to be um, engaged in the work of becoming and developing. And you are doing a, a stupendously phenomenal job at that. And so I'm excited and honored that you would call me into this. Now, we don't already talked about the fact that you gave me the wrong topic, but... We're going to go ahead <laughs> and do as the Lord must they do. But good morning. Thank you for having me. And good morning yes. to everybody else who is on as well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And I know and I appreciate those uh, encouraging words and those confirming words. I really appreciate that. But do know that I didn't give you this topic. All right. The topic landed on you because uh, of what you have to share for the people. And so I want to get right to get uh, started. But I really want the people to know who you are, what you do, and what are some of the things that, that, that drive you? Well, you know, um, I am really a, um, I won't say a jack of all trades, but I got a lot of different trades and things that I do, and by God's grace, do quite well. 
to kind of categorize them, I would I would do so in, in kind of my social media handle. When people see uh, my posts, I normally have Maestro Minstrel Messenger uh, as a part of my hashtag. So the Maestro element deals with music. I've been in music since uh, really about four years old. I started playing by ear, and my mom saw the gift and recognized that uh, it needed to be cultivated. And so she pivoted to make sure that um, I was able to get all the training and various uh, development that I needed in order to become uh, the musician that I've become today. And so um, classical music, jazz, gospel, uh, you name it, choir workshops, minister music at churches, still now consulting with worship departments for churches. So that's kind of a part of the maestro piece that, you know, instrumental artists, recorded albums, um, and still recording. So that's the musical piece. Uh, you know, maestro, minstrel, that also deals with, you know, the church element of the prophetic music. And then the messenger. Uh, God has called me uh, to be one who delivers the message of truth, the gospel uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ through preaching, through teaching, through authoring books, I uh, 2019 released uh, my first written book, uh, Elevate. Uh, recently in May, finished my um, doctoral degree, and it's great to finish the degree. But I think the most important thing is to finish the dissertation to be proud of your work. And so that's going to turn into my next book. And so I'm really just uh, a person who God uses to um, bring encouragement, healing. Um, change, challenge, and conviction and transformation to people through the uh, vehicles of music and spoken word and preached word, written word, and written songs, and all that type of stuff. That's who I am. Um, and so uh, I'm using those gifts currently uh, in various facets. Um, up until April, I was uh, pastoring a local congregation in Daytona Beach uh, where uh, Kim Harris was not just uh, a member, uh, but she was at the time uh, our leader of children's ministry, uh, and she continued to pivot her whole time there uh, because she kept telling me she was going to resign, and I kept telling her that she could not, and so uh, she would continue to pivot there, and so I served as a local pastor, and that comes with so many various responsibilities, right, and so um, I did that for about four and a half years. And then I pivoted out of that uh, through circumstance. And now am literally since then, I've been, I can still count, I believe, on one hand, the amount of Sundays where I've not been in a pulpit in somebody's church uh, preaching since wow. April. And, so, you, and, you thought, and you thought I gave you the wrong topic. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's been a blessing to be able to continue to uh, bless people. Um, all over yeah. the world, you know, other opportunities and other open doors. So that's just kind of where I am and who I am a little bit about me. Yeah. So when I shared this topic with you, of course, you know, I said I didn't give it to you. It was, it was placed in your lap. But what immediately came to mind that you'd like to share? The immediate thing that came to mind that I'd like to share um, that is shareable um, and, and it hit me again this morning when I woke up is the inevitability of change. You know, the inevitability of change. I think that um, as we grow older, we really do become creatures of habit. um, And we just like things a certain way. We like things to pan out and happen um, 
in a way that is either expected or palatable for how we process. Um, and that is not necessarily how life works. Um, yeah. In fact, it's not how life works at all. Um, yeah. The dynamic nature of life is very simple. Uh, I'm sorry, it's, it's very similar to uh, the sport of basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So we watch it from uh, the screen perspective uh, as a consumer. And so uh, it doesn't hit us, I don't think, as as quick. I don't think it hits us as deeply how fast and how dynamic this game really is because we're not playing it. But everything is moving at such a high rate of speed. And all the players have to be prepared at any given second to receive the ball, pass the ball, shoot the ball, you know, watch their opponent steal the ball, perhaps, that they have to be prepared for all of this in the moment. And so, and, and that's because... Everything is moving at a high rate of speed. And so when I heard this topic, um, it took me back to uh, a devotional that I had done about basketball. You know, that you've got to be willing, uh, number one, to accept and embrace the inevitability of change. Yeah. Uh, and to realize that uh, life is moving along at a rate that we can't control particularly for those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ and um, embrace this understanding of the Holy Spirit, this idea that God knows more than we do and sees beyond where we are and who we are and what we do, and that in many cases we're, we, we are living in, in a space of trying to catch up with what God has already established. And, yes, and so with absolutely. that, you know, understanding that change is inevitable because of the dynamic nature of life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and because of that, if we're going to be a leader, if we're going to be a change agent, if we're going to be a trailblazer, we are going to experience those types of sudden shifts and movements. But a yeah. part of the basketball metaphor, and I, it's crazy, I've had to study this because I don't play Nairn sport, but <laughs> a part of the, the genius of basketball, one of the rules is that when you pivot, You've got to keep your feet on the ground, Ooh. right? You, you've got to be able to move your body but keep your feet on the ground. Yes. And I think that that lesson um, really, really says something to us that having your feet on the ground speaks to stability. Yes. It speaks to knowing your foundation. It speaks to um, you not coming apart from what grounds you. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, being able to move the rest of your body in a way where you're not only able to see what's going on around you when you've got the ball in your hand, but you're able to effectively respond. See, what you just said was, was a real nugget that I really want the people to get, that you have to keep your feet on the ground. I want you to flesh that out a little bit. What, what, are, what are some practical things people need to do in keeping their feet on the ground? What, what are some, what I, think so, I think one of the most practical things that people can, can do to keep their feet on the ground is, uh, is make sure you respond and not react. Oh, okay. I, I think that that speaks to stability. Yeah. I think that that speaks to an ability to um, process the change while 
responding uh, to the change appropriately, not yes. coming unglued, not being immediate and reflexive in yes. what one does, right? But Absolutely. really asking, asking yourself, asking the divine, um, Lord, help me or me help me to process what's going on right now, um, assess, process, and respond appropriately to what I've assessed and what I've processed. And I think that many times we move out of, out of order, right? So we move before we've assessed, we move before we process. We speak before we assess, we speak before we process, you know, and those who are leaders and you're in conversations with other people on a regular basis, um, you know, conflict is inevitable, but how are you going to respond to this person who has spoken, quote unquote, offensively to you? How are you going to um, interact with someone who you know struggles with uh, confidentiality, but they're in a position that you have to engage with them and work with them on a regular basis? Um, you know, if I'm going to be a leader, I can't just react out of my visceral emotion, right? That that's about that that that's keeping your feet on the ground is when you're realizing, okay. Even though I am working in real time, I've got to assess and process so that I don't mess up the team, so that I don't mess up my own name and image, mm-hmm. so that um, I'm able to emerge from this um, in a way that speaks to my future. I just had this conversation with somebody I had to calm down probably about 10 minutes ago. I said, you know, you, you have a future here. Right in basketball, the future in the, the future goal is the win. The future goal is the championship, and so every decision in every game affects whether or not we get there. Not just to the win in this game, but to the championship. So right. it's it's about responding versus reacting. I would say yeah. is the thing that helps us really to keep our mind in in a place of keeping our feet on the ground, even though we have to be ready to change and pivot at any yeah. moment. I like that. I like that because when you talk about reacting, that's synonymous with being emotional. And one of the things that you can't do is be just make decisions based off emotions, right? You have to think first and feel later. And no matter what you are, what no matter what you're dealing with, you gotta think first. And I think that's a part of positioning yourself as well. And I've watched you do that, and that's what's been so impressive to me, is watching you think first. And now, I'm not, I'm not saying you didn't feel. I'm just saying what the outside saw is you, you you thought first, and then you dealt with your emotions in a different way. And so I, well, I appreciate not only having witnessed that, but seeing the impact of it and how it manifests itself in, in your life today. And, 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 let me, and let me just push that just a little further. Um, it wasn't that I thought first and felt later. I was thinking and feeling at the same time. Mm. And I had to, uh, in, in my situation, to process my feelings That's good. while allowing um, a, a while, while allowing the thought of how can my current actions negatively affect me or others to drive 
my responses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Um, it, I never, I didn't feel later. I mm-hmm. felt the entire time. It's just that maturity, emotional maturity and emotional intelligence says, as you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so let's, let's keep it in this, this sports metaphor. Um, you've got a player who is injured, but they're not injured enough to be on the bench. They can still play. Yeah. They still feel that strain. They still feel that muscle pull. They still feel that tenor the entire time they're playing. But if they're going to be in the game, mm-hmm. right, they've got to make the decision to play well, make proper decisions, and not use their injury and their feeling as an excuse yes. for making poor decisions. If you're if you're going to play injured, then you still have the responsibility to play the very best you can. If yes. not, then get on the bench. And I think that that's where, as leaders, we have to decide not to be offensive, to piss or get off the pot. You know, if, if you're mm-hmm. gonna be if you're gonna be that leader in the game, these are the things that are required of us in order uh, to be the leaders for now and the leaders for later. And I had to realize in in light of what you said, that everything I did and said would be monitored, would be uh, scrutinized. And I had to decide a a wild feeling to do the best I could to ensure Mm -hmm. that I did not give anybody um, supporters or haters but anybody, that I did not give anybody any ammunition to perhaps uh, think negatively of the leadership I had already portrayed. Yeah. And more importantly, to count me unworthy for future opportunities. Yes. Yeah. So you you left so many tips for future leaders. In any arena, and that's what I, I like about this conversation because it's not, it's in any walk of life that you're in where you talk about plant your feet. Mm-hmm. Make sure your feet are planted. Make sure that you respond and not react. Yes. So those are some things that, that I want the people to walk away with. And I also like to give them a challenge. And based on um, your experience and your position, what, what I thought about is how what made it not that it was easy for you to uh, you know be positioned to pivot it wasn't easy but what allowed it was the gifts and talents that you were given by god and and how you how your skill set allowed that to be into fruition where you had some pieces in place that you could use to propel you right and so i want that challenge for our leaders and our people to be get 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 those skills get positioned you can't you can't be getting ready. You gotta be ready with those skills that you need to take you to that next level. And so that's one of the things that I'm really uh, enamored with by your by your role and your your entire position is that you had uh, you had things that allowed you to move this way, that way, or this way. And and everybody doesn't have that. But that is my challenge this coming week is to start thinking about what is it that you need to get positioned. So that if, as you mentioned, you got to pivot at any time, be ready for change at any time. But if it comes knocking at your door when you least expect it, you are in 
you for that conversation. I want to thank you for all that you've given to the people that I know I've been blessed just by this conversation because I've been walking on think first, feel later, Kim. But you know what? You can't ignore your feelings. Your feelings are rich. That's right. How do you deal with that in the process of moving forward? So I'm appreciative of that nugget that I got from you. And I'm also interested in your leadership lens. So when I say your leadership lens, I'm thinking about those unique characteristics that have contributed to your ability to be a great leader. What would you say your leadership lens is? What's so unique about your characteristics? Um, my, my leadership lens um, really is driven by my experiences in the performing arts. And I'll be very honest, I've had to temper my lens with this understanding of human emotion. And that has probably come over the last couple of years. But my leadership lens has been the show must go on. And no matter where you are, what you're dealing with, um, if you are in the show or a leader in the show, if you're a principal cast and you're going to be involved, then you got to be at your best. Yeah. So, you know, when we go to the theater, when we go to the opera, when we go to the symphony, we don't sit there and look at the, the characters on stage and the musicians that are playing in the orchestra and the band. We don't sit there and say, hmm, I wonder what they're going through in their personal lives. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We don't particularly care. Because we've paid money for a show. We've paid money for an experience. And that's what we want to have. And so if they're on that stage, typically they're going through something. Everybody going through something. But the, the, the artist has made the decision, whether driven by money or the desire to please their fans or even the therapeutic nature of being able to use their artistic craft as a personal release they get up there and they give it their best and they don't allow the show to suffer because of whatever they may be dealing with or processing. And I think that as a leader that has shaped me, it's helped me to be able to preach and teach and lead through grief and loss and death and trauma. And it's helped me to not surrender to my emotions, even though my emotions are real. Um, on a negative, on a more challenging side, I think at one point it caused me to be a little bit more rough around the edges and harder on people than I should have. Okay. Um, just because we are not robots. Yeah. You know, uh, but here's what I would offer through my leadership lens is that even if we're not robots, recognize when you can't, and when you can't, step back. Yeah. Right. But but don't. Don't play with it. You know, either be in or out, either be hot or cold. If you're going to be in between, lukewarm, that may be the time you need to step back and reassess um, and decide, you know, maybe I should take some time, figure some things out, pray, let this season pass uh, in my life because I may not be fit to lead right now. So I may need to step back because the reality is, is that as a leader, the most important, the, the most important thing to us is the work and the people, the people who are doing the work and the work itself. And so I, I'll say this, even in, even in my pivoting, 
um, which wasn't my choice, but you know, even in my pivoting, I will say this: I had to keep in my, I had to keep at the forefront of my mind um, that over the last several years, God has done some tremendous work. John Paul, you better not do anything in this space to destroy what God has done. Yeah. Even though you feel like you got a right to. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. You never have a right to yeah. destroy or dismantle yeah. the work, no matter how you feel. And if you're in that space, step back, reassess, process, because the show must go on. That's good. That's good. But listen, just before I let you go, I really want to acknowledge how grateful I am to God for putting you in my path and um, just having gained so much from you, from your from your leadership and from your walk. Just having gained so I'm, I'm truly, truly grateful to the Lord for that. But just before I let you go, we always we have a segment on in the league where. We look at other people. It's called Boss People Making Boss Moves. And we know you're a boss making boss moves, right? <laughs> but we want to hear from you, somebody in your arena. Who would you consider a boss that you can think of right now who's making some boss moves? Tell us a little bit about that person. Let's see. A boss who is making boss moves right now. Um, I have never met this woman. I just came into an understanding of who she is over the last two weeks. Uh, but Tabitha Brown, uh, yeah. <laughs> a boss. Talk about pivoting, right? Pivoting. Talk about being able to manage personhood. You know, when she came under attack, um, she did not react. She responded. Yes. And in responding, uh, she shared and showed the love of Christ. Yes. In a way that I was like, wow, you know, she, I was like, you know what, you my, you my shero. Yeah, you, we all got something I, I want to be able, you know, I, I want to be able to do it with a smile like she did. You know, I, I, I'm pretty good at re- responding properly, but I may not have that smile, and, but it was genuine. You could tell it came from a genuine place. Yeah. Um, you know, her journey has been such where you can tell she's worked her way to the top and and, and talk about pivoting. Yeah. That moment, the Wendy Williams thing, um, really was a test for her. Yeah. She passed it with flying colors and it sent her even further yes. into prominence and power. Come on, come on, tell the people, tell the people. You know, and so do. you never know the yes. one moment that could be your catapult, that could be your your parachute, that could be your that could be really the impetus for whatever God has next for you. You never know, and you know yeah. she she's making boss moves. I mean, family and career and acting, this whole vegan seasoning thing. I mean, she's she's a boss making boss moves, and I chose I to use her today. Um, because we, you know, sometimes we tend to use the names that are more popular or more uh, pronounced in leadership. But I wanted to share that with somebody to, to let you know that you may not necessarily be the, the number one choice of the world. People may not know your yeah. name everywhere, 
But when you live your life in a, in, in a way that is, you know, where you're prepared for that, you just mentioned that, you know, the season she's in right now, she's been preparing for it for years when we didn't even okay. know what Tabitha Brown was. Listen, so, yeah, listen. a boss woman making boss moves, yeah. I do agree. And somebody, one of our listeners, I want you to tag Tabitha Brown. Tag her on this so she can hear even more of the impact that she's making as a leader in this community. So I appreciate you mentioning that and bringing that up uh, for her and looking at her life and the struggles that she's pivoted from and, and how it has propelled her. So, Dr. JP, I'm so grateful to you. Thank you I'm so grateful much. For the opportunity. I'm so grateful Thank you. that you were able to join me for this brief moment to share some nuggets and some gems with the people. So listen, people, you're out there, you're listening. You need to make sure that you are positioned to pivot. And we got those nuggets. This broadcast will not only be available through live, uh, through Instagram, but it'll also be uploaded wherever you get your podcast. So I want to thank you again, Dr. JP. Thank you. Enjoy your Miami time. Yes, <laughs> it's coming to an end, but it was great. Rest and continue to be great like you are and continue well, to share the great news of Jesus Christ wherever you go. So thank you so much again. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Yes, absolutely. All right, take care. You too. Bye-bye. Well, leaders, we just wrapped up our second session of our summer sizzle, and we are so grateful to have had the opportunity to talk with Dr. J.P. McGee on positioning to pivot. So I hope you really took those nuggets to heart in terms of positioning yourself, making sure that you respond and not react, making sure that you are having a, that you have a firm foundation and making sure that you build your skills and all the things that you need and exercise the gifts that God has given you so that you are prepared to pivot when that time comes. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for participating. I see all those hearts and those likes and loves, and, and I'm really grateful for you today. So until next time, make it a great day.